We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst. Uh, joined with me today are Ben Wade and Simon Campbell. Talking to you after probably the best weekend of my life. <laughs> no exaggeration. Um, just back from Cardiff a couple of hours ago. And football-wise, anyway, uh, I, I'd say I don't know where to start, obviously. Start with Newcastle United's 2-0 win against Cardiff, which was excellent on Friday night. But just a string of events and results this weekend that were both hilarious and um, just really, really enjoyable for a number of reasons. So today we're going to talk through some of those other results and those other clubs who... Um, it's it's been nice to 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 get back a little bit. I want to talk a lot about Newcastle's win at Cardiff, what it means for the title race, which is bizarrely still going on. One hundred and fifty to one Newcastle were before Norwich played Brighton a couple of weeks ago. Should have backed it, didn't. Um, I still wouldn't back one now. I still think Brighton will win the title, but um, and then we'll talk through the Cardiff game and a few other things, and maybe look back at some of the the scandal that engulfed the club at the start of the week, kind of the day or two days after we beat Preston. Um, we basically got like 36 hours to, to enjoy that one. But enjoy it, we did. Um, so, lads, where did you both watch the game? Take it away, Ben. Uh, I'll watch it at the pub, um, just after work. Uh, so, just with a few mates from work and uh, had a few pints. Um, the, the pub was the Jubilee, if anyone's interested. <laughs> Post good uh, for that. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was... Uh, Thought thought it was just a really really comfortable game, but was it? Talk about the game in a bit. Was it like I'm trying to see if that because the away end was just pissed. The away end was like a proper full on party, particularly that second half. Was it was just say. like it wasn't. I can't I can't tell you too much about what happened during the game because <laughs> it was just so much singing, celebrating. People were dancing. People were like falling over. People were asleep. Yeah. People. It was just like I, I don't know. I haven't really been part of any castle away end like that <laughs> ever before. It was so good. But was it like that in the pub, or was it, was it a very like serious um, pub? Nah, everyone, match? everyone was mortal as well. Just, <laughs> I mean, I, I said to you, it's like literally the second the final whistle went, there was karaoke going on behind us, <laughs> like straight away. Uh, so it was. What did you much, sing? Very much a party outfit, <laughs> all sorts. The uh, no, it was the, the the lad who's so we went there for one of the lads fortieth, and he's Scottish, so basically he was forced to sing five hundred miles <laughs> five times. Um, it was on just to be on loop. Also, like hilariously, other people were trying to go up and sing the songs, and two of the lasses we were with were just getting up every time, just hijacking the mics and just singing the songs <laughs> for them. So everyone was booting off. Uh, it was quite quite entertaining. But um, <laughs> but back to the uh, but digress. Football. Yeah, back to the football. Though. Um, yeah, it just it looked like a class atmosphere, and obviously it's always last last away game of the season's always got that reputation of like people going in fancy dress, just going getting more or like not really. It's the end of the season, obviously you just sort of bluff about steam. No one really sort of cares about the result, but obviously. The way it went, just obviously added to the uh, sort of the, the atmosphere, and it was just it just sounded like it was all all Newcastle fans was class. It was. Sai, where were you for this one? Um, I was in a pub in Liverpool. On a, uh, Wrong city. Yeah, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit that because it's actually quite close to, to Wales, but um, uh, nowhere nowhere's close to Cardiff though. It was, a, it was yeah, it was arranged before. Quite um, close, still five five hours. True, yeah, it was, it was arranged before it was moved to a stupid Friday night game. Um, 
I no one else. There was no other Newcastle fans there. It was just me watching the match, getting a bit animated when no one else cared. I don't even. I don't, I don't think they had the sound on until I asked. They just weren't bothered. There's obviously Liverpool fans. You were like, I can't hear the um, Sky commentators like sucking off Brighton during our game. Can you please turn it up. Yeah, that probably was the case. So I know it was a fairly quiet pub. There were no one was there to watch to watch Friday night football. But um, uh, I saw a funny comment on Twitter yesterday. Saying basically, you could hear the sadness in the sky commentator's voices that Brighton were losing, <laughs> like absolutely devastated that the people's champions may not be the the wow. champions in the end. But more more on that later. Um, so I was in I was in Cardiff um, with what four thousand two hundred other Newcastle fans. Friday night, six hour drive, um, longer on the train with like people I spoke to people before the match that did like stop at like York, Derby, Birmingham like just mental stupid changes just like the effort it took <laughs> to get there as Sky predictably fucked it over as hard as it possibly could yet again and it for, for still 4,200 the turnout was absolutely magnificent and it was just an absolutely brilliant night like the, the noise was unbelievable from start to finish particularly after we'd scored um, it's, just, it's just one of those weekends lads like Sunday now when I'm speaking to, to you here like I'm just so happy so happy, and the obvious thing is, is Sunderland's relegation couldn't couldn't have happened, couldn't have happened to a nicer club. Honestly, couldn't have happened to a more deserving set of fans. Yeah. Uh, honestly, they haven't even taken it to May. Do you know what I mean? Think how dog shit, rubbish, rubbish. Steve McLaren's and Castle were a stain on the history of this football club, and he still achieved more points than David Moyes, having played eight games less. That's how that's how toxic that that side is to, to to football in this country, not just the division. Um it's absolutely hilarious. You know, there's been some stats bandied about this week. Sunderland has spent hundred and ninety consecutive weeks in the bottom half of the table. That's like I don't have the words for how, how shit they are, but basically you saw yesterday the lack of fans, the fans have given up, the fans aren't going, it'll be the same next season whether Moyes is there or not. You know when Newcastle we um Steve McLaren's last game against Bournemouth, everyone wanted McLaren out. Everyone. Still, still a full house because fucking Newcastle are playing on a Saturday. It's in James's Park. Not Sunderland. Less than 30k there by all accounts yesterday. Um, there are a large percentage of that fan base that are in Newcastle United protest group. They're not interested in Sunderland unless Newcastle are playing. Yeah. The lack of attendance at, at Sunderland's ground over the years unless Newcastle are there is an embarrassment. They don't sell out for any of the other, in, you know, inverted commas, big teams, but... You know, Newcastle United is so central to these people that it's it's nice that it's happened so early on um, and it just gives we weeks and months of laughing at them because they'll they'll probably go bust. Um, it's the fact that it's coincided with, with Newcastle. Yeah. Sort of on, just what a weekend though for it to happen. It happened when I was on like cloud nine hanging in Cardiff yesterday. <laughs> I forgot about it. Actually, I forgot, obviously I was <laughs> a bit hungover so I forgot about the three o'clock games. Yeah. I was in my hotel room and then... Uh, it was the second half and it was nil-nil and the whole, whole were playing well at Southampton. I was going to say it was definitely a forgettable week of uh, Premier League football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, just, it's just so nice that that's, they've had what they had a couple of months to, to laugh at well last season and they, they released their T-shirts, their planes, all of their stuff that they did, their, their graphics, their Rafa Benitez flags, their Rafa masks at Watford, their song which we've nicked. Um, I have a feeling that that it's going to be the other way now for a number of years, and it's um it's it's satisfying. I don't want to go out in too long because they're just a small club in the championship who who with their current manager and their current squad will do well to achieve what Aston Villa have allegedly achieved this season, uh, which isn't a lot. They they haven't got the money to spend like <laughs> Villa have to be fair, um, but I mean ch- championship next season, but. I wonder if the, the cost-cutting message, uh, measures on the staff side at Sunderland would, <laughs> would affect the, the ability of their staff to listen to this podcast <laughs> and contact us and re- demand that we take it down on an occasion. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Time will tell, but I think it'll be a very, very long time before we'll have a, a derby with them again. The only person who can make that happen is Mike Ashley. So over to you, Mike. Because <laughs> um, they're not coming back to the Premier League for a long, long time. Um, so it was great. it was great to happen on the same weekend. You also had Aston Villa. Do you know what happened with Aston Villa? Getting beat off uh, Blackburn. Well, 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 that's no, that's normal. Everyone, like everyone, saw that coming. Teams in the bottom half of the Championship tend to do that, Ben, with their inconsistency. <laughs> so because they all want Birmingham to go down, because again, they're not a real football club. Uh, You'd have to invent them if they didn't exist. Their fan base, seriously, they sold out 
the Blackburn club shop buying Blackburn shirts in the away end. Every time Blackburn had a chance, they willed the ball to go in. And when Blackburn scored, they the whole away the whole away end cheered. Imagine, imagine, just I don't even have the words for that club. But um, it would be the same when we play Brighton next week because they're like this kind of like soccer AM football club. They they only exist for banter with other fans. There's there's nothing to be happy with or, or cheering Birmingham the club, either club the city that football club. Um, so we need them to do a favour next week. I I couldn't give a toss what happens in that game. I just want Newcastle United to win the match. Whatever happens will happen. I've got more. <laughs> Leeds, <laughs> Leeds, hilarious. Missing out in the playoffs. Doing it in true style. Gary Monk, one of the most dislikable blokes in football. Arrogant, um, particularly unpleasant when we've played them this season. Went out of his way after we battered them at home to say that um, uh, beyond our set pieces, we didn't really threaten them. I, you know, I think anyone else who watched the game in the world would would disagree with that. So absolutely fantastic to see him miss out. I know he's out of contract um, at the end of the season. I hope they give him another contract because he won't take them up. Allegedly, Sunderland looking at him, that would be a quite quite a fit um, for him. So, just an absolutely fantastic weekend um, for for football. Like it doesn't really for everything to come together as it did. Even little things like Forest losing was brilliant. Still in the relegation battle, Huddersfield losing again, promoted apparently weeks ago. Comp- uh, you know, compared to fucking Sky. You know, if you listen to Sky and Talk Sport this season, essentially the same company. Derby, Leeds. Reading, Huddersfield, we're all going to pass where what was done. It wasn't like if, it was, you know, wow, Huddersfield are looking good, so-and-so are looking good. We're 17 points ahead of Leeds. <laughs> 17 points ahead. Sunderland are closer to avoiding relegation than the Leeds are closer to us. Um, it's just a really, really fantastic weekend for a bit of people like me who hold an awful lot of grudges in football. <laughs> Over to you, lads. Right, good night. Thanks, yeah. much. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back before the uh... <laughs> On the, back, back to the match, lads. Um, Sorry, you, you were saying before. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing you want to say on that, on, on Sunderland or anything <laughs> like that. How, how do you feel about Sunderland's relegation? We got, we got it hard at True Faith last year. If anyone listened to these things, yeah. were some kind of obsessed fans, fuck off. Um, we got <laughs> it We got it kind of hard at True Faith from Sunderland fans last year. I don't, I don't blame them. It's, it's what happens when, when your rivals, something bad happens to them. And if you want to celebrate, celebrate staying up like they did four years in a row, then good luck. Yeah, you deserve the club you get. But um, I'm going on against Sai, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't. Yesterday wasn't it for me with Sunderland. I think when they when they got beat off Middlesbrough in that terrible, terrible game midweek. Oh, that, that was it. That, that was the, that was them relegated. That was the, just the degrading of losing to the Liverpool team, uh, the Middlesbrough team that scored less goals than I think anyone ever <laughs> in the Premier League. Just just don't score goals. And yet, Sunderland still managed to lose to them. That was that was them. Right? They were never going to go on a run after that result. But obviously, it was mathematically better proven this weekend. But yeah, I've I've been buzzing all week about Sunderland, but only because we we've been promoted. As soon as that happened, you, you can turn your attention to it and just just enjoy it. As you say, we'll get to enjoy it nice and early. <laughs> get a whole summer of just of just griefing all, all the all the macrams at work, all the. All the people, all, you know, as you say, it, does anyone it, know any Sunderland fans that actually go yeah, to games? It's like, the, the I know fans, quite a few Sunderland fans through working that, but none of them actually go to matches. It's weird. They've all they've all latched onto this word obsessed, and it's like, nah, nah. The way the, obsessed you, is selling your 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 ground out six times in the last eight years and all being against Newcastle. Yeah, it's like you, you're allowed to, to want your local rivals to, to lose and enjoy it when it yeah. happens. But you know you still value your own club more, which is what we do. There was a lad called me obsessed on Twitter. He went to Watford away last season for Sunderland wearing a Rafa Benitez mask. <laughs> um, I, I think all the shops must have been sold out with David Moyes masks. Um, <laughs> I didn't see any at Cardiff, but there you go. Um, yeah, Ben, any words on Sunderland? Just, just as you said, couldn't couldn't have happened to a nicer club. Um, it's just a bit of justice as well for for some. Some of the stuff that's gone on uh, over the last few years, we don't need to go into that. But uh, <laughs> nice to see the comeuppance come for them. Um, and uh, yeah, just I, I completely agree with you. I think it's going to be a very long time before we'll see we we'll see them again, and um, it'll just be nice to to have the last laugh. I think um, obviously if we draw them in a cup or something, that'd be quite nice to give them a good hiding, um, just to put the nail in the coffin. But I, I say I say in thirty years' time, if they get back into the football league. After bankruptcy, um, it would be nice for the the parents to be telling their children when Newcastle have achieved. Newcastle might not achieve anything, but we'll, we'll not we'll not sing that low. 
Um, we'll beat the mark six times, you know. We'll beat them six times, unbeaten in whatever. I was just about to say, that's, they'll, that's they'll cling to it. Course. They'll cling to it. It's like, It'll was nice. it worth it? Was it worth it? Would you not rather have your club have done something? And it's to, like to take themselves dad's, out dad's of given this? sons the DVDs with Adam Johnson, like as the hero. Yeah. Who who was that? The Magslayer son. Like, would you, <laughs> yeah. Is it, would you rather have that, or do, you, or do you do you wish your club had done more to try to stop the downward shit <laughs> spiral you've been on for five years, and you've all kind of lapped it up and buzzed off it? Yeah. It's like maybe if you hadn't done that, maybe you'd like made a statement about the fact that you weren't happy with finishing on thirty five <laughs> points every season. Yeah. You wouldn't have ended up where you are, like, as you say, fully deserved for for letting one game dominate their season for about six six years or whatever. It's quite um, quite funny though, there's a there's a Martin Blazer started at work and he's he's been carrying around this little book of Sunderland <laughs> with him at work. It's absolutely hilarious. He's trying to get me to read it the other day. <laughs> and it's it's just stuff like Colin Wickham's got his own like page in it. <laughs> and it's like fucking hell. Like just a, a full page. I mean, it's only little. It's like <laughs> tiny, but but still, he, he's got his own little section dedicated. Uh, but it's just, just stuff like that. Just makes makes you chuckle. Um, he was going on about six in a row. I was like, mate, six. He's, it's ten now. Like, ten, you haven't won a game in ten. You haven't scored since yeah. fucking like November, mate. It's, it's ten, ten in a row, mate. Get your facts right. You're doing much better than that. So but, uh, yeah. that, that'll be that'll Rafa, be nice to, to Rafa, Rafa, Rafa Benitez was a good one. Champions League winner, La Liga winner. Um, all that kind of stuff. Let's let's hope when Moy. I mean, I, pre- I presume Moyes leaves. If if Moyes was to stay, that's they're not winning a game next season if Moyes stays. Like to be fair, to Moyes, he's not. Uh, he's, he's not. Um, he's not committed to them yet. He's he's waiting to see he's what happens. Weighing up his options. Yeah. He's like Leeds will need a new manager. Uh, exactly. He's like uh, Rotherham have gone down, but but <laughs> you know, is it a more, is it a more attractive job? Probably more stable. Fleetwood will probably uh, lose <laughs> Rosler. So um, there are options for David Moyes other than Sunderland. Nah, seriously, <laughs> Mo- Moises, Moises is just up. What a job! What what a man! What a man! Anyway, what a weekend! <laughs> Newcastle's win at Cardiff, very, very, very satisfying for a number of reasons, lad. Lads, first one, Sal, come to you fourteen in a fourteen for the season, the most away wins in Newcastle's United in Newcastle United's history. How does that make you feel? It's uh, it's a phenomenal, right? What isn't it? Um, I, I I can't. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because we've we've been so bad away from home. For Ever. pretty much since yeah, since, since back in the Premier League last time, apart from the one season in Apology, and even then it was our home form more than our away form. Um, it's it's weird how how can one bloke just 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 make make the team work away from home, and it, it might be it is the way we set up, it's the way we play, um, which lends itself to an away performance rather than a, a kind of gung ho attack and home performance, which people have have kind of craved over the years. But what 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 a what a start! Fourteen wins. In one season, like it just doesn't happen. That sort of thing doesn't happen. And that's fourteen wins in a season. That includes Forest away, which we don't need to go into. Yeah. So I'm counting as fifteen. Don't care what the record books say. <laughs> um, you've you know you've had other you know Blackburn away. I mean you know other clubs will be able to point to such performances and results where that was a one where we played really well. So yeah, us lads and, and people listen to this. Friday was just I was so happy for the for the people, the men and women and children who watch the team away from home regularly. And it was just a, like a nice, that was just like a game for us, a game for the people who follow it. If only Castle fans, but particularly if you if you're watching Castle away from home regularly in the past kind of 10 years, it's just been fucking dreadful. Yeah. Um, it's been, there's been so much shit. There's been losing, there's been losing to clubs who are in league one. Now there's been, there's a loss at Derby away, you know, seven, there's just been, so many defeats to, to dreadful, dreadful football teams and football clubs that winning 14 games in the road this season and playing pretty darn well in, in a lot of them, it's an achievement that shouldn't be underestimated just because of the division we're in. And, um, you know, Ben, you know, do you think it's something that we'll see continue next season or do you think all change? I do, I do think it is a good omen for, for next season just because um, I think that's what, what those, those results in that run shows you is that were set up to um, play on the counter-attack a bit more. I think what, what we struggled at home was obviously we've had to take the game at teams and teams have just sat and not really come out of it. Obviously at home, they're expected to offer a bit more going forward. So the fact that we've been so successful with Benitez is the style of play and the way he wants to, to set up, I, I think that's just gonna, it's going to continue next season. I think we'll see a lot of it more at home as well. So the fact that the players are, are getting used to it and they're seeing the results as well, It'll build a lot of confidence in the way we'll play next season, and I think it's definitely going to be something that will will continue 
next year. Not to, I mean, obviously, we're not going to win 14 away games next year. Um, but I just think well. it's. Well. <laughs> if, if Ashley well. puts his hand in the pocket. <laughs> but, but it's just, I, th- I think it's a good sign of. Of the sort of the um, the makeup of the team and, and that Rafa's tactics will, will be successful in the Premier League. I think it's it's really really important in the Premier League because because of the gulf that now exists between the top six, or is it seven if you include Everton, um, and the rest of the league. I think I know it's Everton because there's about fifteen points from Everton and seven. Oh, you've got like West Brom, West, West Brom have got like forty one points or something yeah, like that. It's, it's, it's ludicrous. Take, yeah. for, so for the bottom fourteen teams in the league. Picking up away points off these teams is what's going to set you set you aside from from the rest of the bang average clubs that are on that league. We've said it already that we think the squads, and we've said it throughout the season that the squads probably already could compete with the bottom five. And there's not much difference between fifteenth in the Premier League and seventh, yeah. so or eighth. So get, having a good away, the ability to win games away from home can already kind of set you set start you thinking about finishing the top half of the table. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, there's been so many highs. There's been a couple of lows. Um, you know, Ipswich being one. Fulham, the opening day of the season, that was very much a hangover from last season. Um, and I was seriously worried then. I think I wrote in my match. I don't know whether I did the match report for that game, but I either spoke on the podcast to say that was a worrying sign. So one of the most important wins for me was Bristol away, which is the first away game that we won. Um, and it's it followed a pattern that... A lot of away games have followed this season where we played very well first half, um, all these controlled the game and then we just got our goal and then just resolute for the rest of the match and Bristol didn't really have many chances. Um, so that was a really important one for me. Back to this Friday though, um, Ben, I want to th- chuck a couple of names at you. Christian Atsu, we mm-hmm. talked about him on Tuesday. Yeah. I think I said, right, he's starting to convince me and <laughs> you both said, nah. <laughs> If we got that kind of free kick... I don't think you said that, like... I did, I did say I that. you were in agreement that he's still got a lot more to prove. All right, but I, don't th- I don't think we were I was saying that I've seen something. Said. I said I've seen something. But you don't know what it is. We'll just... <laughs> was, it was, was, it, was it that free kick? It was more... It, no, no, I mean, on, <laughs> this is against uh, Preston. Um, I just, yeah, that's what I mean. I've been sternly against him all season, getting a full-time contract for next season. And the last... Kind of last month, he's starting to convince me. Are you still not having it? I think... We could do a lot better in like the truth. I I think I mean what we've said all season is that he's good off the bench and he's good he's a good impact to have. Yeah. I think there's been far too many games where he's been given that the, the starting role and he's not done enough with it. He's he's I still maintain his his end product isn't good enough. That I mean that free kick was beautiful, like absolutely yeah. brilliant. Just I just turned, I turned on the lad I was next Ridiculous. to and I said um I said it looks so easy from here. Yeah. Why doesn't he just like how Nick it over the wall yeah. and put it in that corner there, yeah. and he did it, <laughs> and it was easy. But it was just such like the, the little dink, like it was ridiculous, just so nonchalant and just easy. And you just think, um, just if 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 he could have that composure when he's out on the left, just to, to put put the ball where it needs to go, then he like he's he's pretty much got everything else. He's brilliant at dribbling. He's fast. Um, it's just his own product. That's that's the the problem. He, he doesn't put the right yeah. balls in. They're always too far over the back or go straight. Sorry, off, uh, anything to add on that or disagree? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah, I still agree on that. I think, I think we've also seen two of his best performances this season against two really crap teams. <laughs> I can't, I can't see him doing the same hey, stuff. Hey, these are the teams fighting with Aston Villa for that twelfth place. <laughs> Beat, yeah, beating his man, and he's not going to get much time on the ball playing against Premier League defenses. Whereas I think some of these Championship players, he's got a little bit of skill, a little bit of a flick either side and you can beat a man whereas that doesn't really happen in the Premier League if they think you're going to go past them they'll step off they'll make it much harder for them to go anywhere and if he has to cross from deep he's not the sort of player who's going to produce much so I, I don't I wouldn't be good at if we signed him you know he'd be a good squad player but I'd like to think that Rafa's got his, his side set much higher yeah, in terms yeah. of quality but fair play I don't want to get at him after two great performances and as you say that free kick was close, yeah, not a case of getting at him at all it's it's just trying to decide the RC if we're good fans leaving and you can see in, in Rafa's team selections like Ufran's clearly, clearly leaving yeah. on a free. Um, I think, is it, if you're going to replace someone at 6.5 million quid too much for a, a Ufran replacement, if they're not going to be first choice anyway, when, when we need a big squad, I, I think um, I think that the more he's played, the better he's got, which won't surprise everybody. Yeah. On the same note, and again, we talked about on Tuesday, Perez, what did he make of his performance like? I thought he really played well second half particularly. Yeah, like, the second half is the, the key. I think like, like every game, 
when we play the the way we do under Rafa, and I think that's what people have kind of got to start to realise is that the players who play in the, in the I know Diomo is number ten, but the players who play in that kind of three behind the striker because Atsu as well first half was quiet. They don't get much of the ball because we're, we're moving it around and trying to find an opening, and whichever one of the three is where the opening is is who who kind of has to make that happen and maybe get one or two chances in the first half when we're just kind of playing the possession game. And it's been like that for a while, and Perez is the same. Like the amount of times we have a first off and go, "What has Perez touched the ball?" And I think I said it last week as well at Preston when he'd actually scored. But um, he, did, he didn't. I he humble, did, like, he, but yeah. He was he was playing a more a more supporting of the striker role as opposed to what when when Richie's on the right, he really is out on the touchline, beating a man and, and getting the balls in from from the byline. But um, I mean, I didn't see much from first off, but I, he, he's definitely over the last month got given us a bit of hope that actually he's 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 got something to, to offer us it's the confidence for me he played with real confidence last night same against Preston he was he was turning again he was sending defenders the wrong way he was playing in people and a, lot, a, lot of, a couple of things he tried didn't come off but the thing there were things that he were like wasn't even trying yeah never mind it not coming off so I think you can definitely see the, the confidence that he's had from Better, he's, he's definitely had a better second half of the year, the last sort of month or two. He's definitely getting more involved in games, and obviously he's he's, cut, he's he's come chipped in with a few goals, and he's definitely getting getting into better areas. I think that's the key thing is he's getting the ball in the right spot on the pitch. It's no good him getting it tight on the the byline where he's 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 got to do everything. It, it, if he's running at it directly at the, the back four and he's yeah. he's inside and he's in a position where he can make something happen, then he's. That, that's where you want him. He's eager to score goals. He, he does get in positions. He tries. To, he wants to score. He mm-hmm. wants to be part of a of a goal for Newcastle, mm-hmm. unlike some other strikers we've got. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I think I think another one in the same boat as Perez would be Chancellor Bember, and Ben was saw the kind of um, this is harsh because loads of people myself want to see it, but the hipster's choice of uh, Clark and Bember. It's it's not. Back, like, I'm not. I'm not a hipster, and I've been backing it all season. Says they're sat in a craft cider, <laughs> drinking a sad a craft cider with a trendy beard. I was gonna say. If, well, uh, how do you pronounce it? Strong, strongbow. Strong. Um, strong. <laughs> um, yeah, and Bember and Clark. How did they do for you? Because um, that's I, what everyone's wanted to see for a long yeah, time. No, I just, I just think. Well, the the reason I want, I want to see them is just because they're, they're the two most comfortable on the ball. They're the two all season, even when they've they've not played together. They're the one always that are willing to, to drop a shoulder and, and protect the ball forward when, when the opportunity arises. And I think when we miss that, when you see Lascelles in the team, I, I, I like him, he's a good, good defender and he's obviously got a lot of good qualities, but that's one of the things he's really lacking is that he's, he's, he just, he's, in, he's not got the confidence or the footballing ability to take the ball on and, and push forward into midfield and, and look to, to sort of try, try something. You, you see in Bember and, and Clark, they've just got that confidence to, to once they're through, once the pitch opens up, I and mean, you only have to beat one player a lot of the time, the way we play, you beat your striker and you, you basically aren't at the midfield and it opens up options and I think you're going to need that in the Premier League next season because we're, we're too reliant on Shelby getting deep, getting the ball off, off the keeper and then and then starting the tackle. from there. If you've got centre-backs that are willing to to, to push on and, and get moves started, you're going you're gonna to find football a hell of a lot easier. Um, defensively, I don't think there's that much difference between the, the four centre backs we've got. I think they're all really solid. Obviously, they've got different strengths. I think Mbemba is obviously the, the quickest of the of the four. Um, is pro- probably the weakest in the air. Obviously, you're going to have games where you probably don't want to play him if if we're going to come up against a, a target man. But I, at the same time, I thought he had a really good game against Leeds against Chris Wood. And yeah. there's there's, there's going to be chances where you, I can see you might not play them too. But for for the majority of games, I would I would say they're they're our best partnership. They're, they're just a bit quicker as well I like the, the pace that they, they're uh, and they're more aggressive they're like the goat to try and nick the ball off of strikers and pull it's it just in so. play, we play a much much higher line with Mbemba yeah. and Clark and, and you can do because of the so pace so size you stay for you were you, were you impressed by his performance yeah I thought he played well he had, he had a good chance as well he just hit over All the right. bar um, I, we've, we've not really seen him have we've seen him have a couple of mares he had a mare against Wolves at the start of the season mm-hmm. obviously the home game um, Huddersfield Aye. Um, yeah, he was. He had a bit of a shocker, but he like directly contributed to two defeats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He looks like our most accomplished defender, and he was. He was you a, say that, but there's plenty. There's plenty of other players have, have done that and yeah. haven't been. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it wasn't wasn't an opinion. It was just a fact. Yeah, yeah. It was just well, like yeah, a, but, that's that's plenty the, of other players. Of Carl, Carl has made mistakes and, and haven't, haven't been mistakes. dropped or cut loose like he was. Yeah. 
Dallas, I'm trying to think of, of any. I'm trying honestly, but I'm trying to think what? of any defenders that have made errors like like that oh, well, that have directly contributed. But what what I'm trying to think of errors. Yes, Norwich away, but we didn't lose that game. Sells. No, but we didn't uh, lose that game. Dummett and Darlow between them. We didn't lose that game. Yeah, okay. We're, we're, no, so it's cost for points. Yes, it has. My point is defeat. But anyway, we drew at Norwich well, and we <laughs> drew at home to Bristol City from ridiculous gag errors. Right. That's four points dropped. So. Well, the, the, the I didn't of, say that. Yeah, I said defeat. Point doesn't particularly. Yeah, but what, what kind the of point? No, no, zero points. Doesn't. So, remember. Remember. Tell you what, we've said what we said about Memo Um Rob Root. I'm his biggest critic, and I thought it's kind of indicative that no one mentions anything when you have that howler, and it was a howler when he led in that goal against Preston. Yeah. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was really good. I thought his distribution was good. He came off his line well. He was communicating well with his defence. It's Cardiff who are shit, but positives for the future. I don't, I don't know if it's a bit of bit of everything involved. So I mean, the team was full of confidence. I don't think they were really worried about conceding the goal. Yeah, he's made a couple of good saves. The defensive line was quite high, which meant that Rob Elliott's not really having yeah. to communicate with them as much. They're they're just doing their own thing. Um, he was perfectly fine. <laughs> Again, I don't want to be critical. See, I was pissed, so I've, I'm gonna have to come back to you for recollections. But I just remember him. Playing a couple of absolute dream balls out, yeah, like yeah, yeah, brilliant he's, passes. He's, he's got it in him. Um, I'd still, I, I think we need to buy a better goalkeeper than than everyone we've got in the books at the moment for the Premier League. But do you believe this Pickford stuff? I can't believe it. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, we probably need a fourth, a fourth choice keeper <laughs> with the injury record we've got. So why not? Um, uh, yeah. I think Darlow. Ch- Trevor Woodman could probably do. It's it great clickbait, isn't it? It's great pl- clickbait to say yeah. that. You know, get the rave on would be coming there. Deleted that tweet, by the way. <laughs> Poor Jordan. There was nasty Newcastle fans have made him delete the tweets. He's had to go into Twitter, search back <laughs> to yeah. last year. He probably doesn't tweet that often, and delete a tweet. <laughs> Live by your words, Jordan. You prick. Yeah. He's probably got the same um, media guy as an ETB. Yeah. Tweet, tweet something like, <laughs> go back and delete that tweet. Um, yeah, what about he, he had, something he had, like administration? Yeah, a good game. He didn't look like a keeper who's been missing for a season, for a whole season. Oh, to be fair to him, so in that sense, he's he's maybe. I've seen no problem with him being part of the squad, but between him, Darlow, and I guess Tim Krull, you know, I just don't think there's a there's a good quality Premier League goalkeeper at the minute, and each one of them is still got. Arsenal Tim Krull, like, I think. Hmm? Yeah, but he's just had so many injuries and he's yeah. been out of the limelight for a while. He's been playing we're, the worry Dutch w- football. Like I was going to say, that was that's the biggest worry for me with Crud is the fact that he couldn't force his way in Ajax. Yeah. Um, when he's gone there and been given the opportunity, so um, that's probably the most scathing thing I would say about him. But we, 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 we know, know what we know what. Yeah. So that I think you make a good point, but it's like oh. So are we assuming that Crud comes back a worse goalkeeper, or would you take him at the same level that he was? I still assume think he was still that level. He's better than Carl Darlow and he's much better than Rob Elliott. So if he comes back and Rafa wants him, then great. So <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he'll do. But rule on I mean, Matt Sells starting the first game of the Premier League season. <laughs> I mean that that's that. I mean that's a difficult, isn't it? You hope he, he was at his best when he had competition for his his spot and start uh, his starting spot when we came up last time, and and that was probably the 18, 24 months after, well, sort of after relegation when we came up and the first year in the Premier League was probably, he was probably one of the top five, top ten keepers in, in the league and there was a lot of talk about him um, going on to bigger and better things so if you can get him back to that level with the competition around him then then good but it's just, I think it's a bit of a worry that as we say he seems to be getting more injuries and it's just whether he, it's, I think it's a confidence thing if you can get that confidence back then, then it could be anything he wants to be but um, it, we'll just have to wait and see with that one I think yeah I'm part of the I'm a fully paid member card carrier of the Modi Army fan club yeah. even though he's been disappointing this season I think um, we, we've already been over what, what is disappointing yeah what Modi is disappointing but he's had, he's had no I, case I thought he had a really good game again like a lot of the team particularly yeah. the second half he was throwing himself about he was running it's, the ball some fantastic balls I still had a bloke behind me saying he was lazy even though he's like bloke Dom is running at foot how, how can this is so weird because it doesn't happen to other players there's a bloke running as fast as he can with the ball and getting called lazy like we might have to get the stats ourselves on, on who's covered the most ground this season because even having missed games I still think you'll be in the top because you've got like Diame Sissogo and Shola have all had that that label and probably there's probably times but it just seems a bit like I don't know Something about those three players who've divided opinion massively. Sissoko probably least of all. 
but definitely Shaw. I Mick Martin made the point on Twitter. If Shaw had put in some of the performances that Mitro put in this season, that are like <laughs> that are hung him, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he'd be banished from the city. Yeah. Like it's just it's just incredible the stick he gets. And I well, think it's, it's it's I think it's lazy the kind of stereotypes that people sometimes go to with with players with 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 European players with with anyone really. But it's it's a lazy kind of just reverting back to what they've said about previous players. Almost yeah. it's, it's almost like they're not watching. They're just it's just like just impulse to say oh lazy um, so my question was did he play well because I was yeah, out, I, I, thought I thought he, he, he played well but I think it, it all it all goes back to the back line because I think when we've had a bit of a wobble and I say wobble you know drawn a few games here and there and, and, and lost with uh, uh, Chef Wed um, it's when we've, we've felt penned in our own half and playing on the on the edge of our own box with Shelby also playing on the edge of our own box with Colback playing on the edge of our own box when we play the line that we did yesterday, which is much higher up the pitch, it means that um, I mean it was Diarmi actually picking out the pinging the balls that Shelby was normally does because uh, he wasn't playing. But when the midfield is close enough to Diarmi that they can link up with him and not just expect him to kind of penetrate the defense on his own, it just it just looks so much better and he looks so much better because actually his link up play doesn't just fall on deaf ears like he lays it off to people he's laying off to Hayden. Hayden was excellent again, by the way. Um, he finds balls out to um, to Perez and Yedlin as well as he was bombing on. He just he plays that number ten role, which he's obviously been coached to do all season by Benitez, better than anyone. And yeah, he's 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 limited as a player himself. He hasn't he isn't that skillful. He's he a late twenties journeyman. Yeah, realistically, he's, he's he's not that skillful. He's not going to cost three million. He's quid. not going to beat three men. So if he gets closed <laughs> down by two defenders, and he hasn't got a pass on. He probably loses the ball, and that looks bad on him. But. He's always there. But he's not he's lazy. Always, yeah, I'm just I'm saying it, but he's not lazy. lazy. He's not a lazy player. Yeah. Um, it's it's bizarre. Jack Colback, you, you mentioned there, uh, probably one of his most effective games in black and white for months. Do you think yeah. it was the... Some people have said it, it was the pressure of not having Shelby beside him to kind of do all of his defensive work or maybe, you know, we saw Hayden and Colback play really unsuccessfully together during the Christmas period. Yeah. So is it just maybe a case of the opposition already being promoted that was again like a bit like Perez, we saw him playing with a bit of freedom and confidence? Yeah. I have no doubt that there's a bit of right, we've we've got the promotion. We we did seem to play under far less pressure. We 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 always do anyway away from home because there's none of that ridiculous kind of yeah crowd pressure that comes with, with playing at St James's. But um Colback I thought he played well. Um as I say, the whole the whole thing just look. We just we had a bit of fluidity about the football. And you're right; it's probably down to confidence. It's all this. I mean, again, card for crap. <laughs> They're a crap opposition playing crap Warnock football, trying to just grind out something and they offered nothing. They didn't really. Some teams have got got in Colback's face. There was you know there's been times this season where he's picked up the ball deep in his own half and been put immediately under pressure. That wasn't really happening against. Yeah, Cardiff. I agree. I think I think Cardiff's mistake was they tried. Tried, they didn't really change their game for us. I presume I don't, yeah. I don't want that, watch that much of Cardiff. But they just they just started hiding a lot of balls in the box, yeah. which we dealt with quite comfortably. What they really should have been doing is, is playing on the counter and they didn't really yeah. try that. So players like, it was a good game for the likes of Cardiff, uh, Colback and maybe Rafa Nunes, you know, we've, we've seen how much research he puts into each team. Maybe they played exactly how we expected and that, that's why he dropped Shelby. Um, but yeah, it's good to see players like. I mean, it's it's the time of the season to try and see if we can get anything out of these players that yeah. may or may not have a future with us. If Colback doesn't do it now, when's he ever going to do it? So, and that's positive in in terms of trying. Like I wouldn't. I didn't know whether Shelby had been had a knock or had been dropped or whether it was just rotation. So yeah. it it is nice to see that we 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 have that space, that breathing space to plan for the future a little bit. And obviously, well, he probably that's, that's no doubt he's probably made his mind up on a lot of players, but they've still got time there. Yeah, there's no doubt why he's given Mitrovic more chances, even though he hasn't scored since like nice two thousand four or something. So, um, go on. No, go well, on. yeah, I'll finish off. So, yeah, Rob Elliott's another example of there's no need to really play him after yeah. the season. Dollar's been absolutely fine, but why not see what see what we're dealing with here? Same with same with Mbemba, you know, just just see what they've got, see if, see if they're worth keep, keeping around and see if their attitude's still there. That, that's what it's all about, on Dimitro. Ben, how do you think he did? One, one goal and 18 appearances now? <laughs> <laughs> that was Isn't gonna, that like it was 18 before? It's that's going to piss off so many people. <laughs> um, I've said, I've, I've, I've said a few times. Tell us about the game though, tell us about Cardiff specifically, that performance. Because I've I've seen people saying he came on and did really well, and I didn't get that from the away end. But as I said, I was pissed, so 
I'm not the best we, we, judge. We were 2-0 up when he came on and the game finished 2-0. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you it's look at it that it didn't, That's the thing. It wasn't the game for him to come on and make the impact. Um, you had a shot. It, yeah. I think I remember him having a shot. <laughs> it's, it's hard, good it's, for me, it's hard to judge, judge him on, on that, that performance, really. Um, again, like it just wasn't one. Well, it wasn't really like we weren't. But the, see, wasn't it? Didn't come on the highlights the on the Sky Sports highlights anyway. I have I haven't seen Ben the Channel Five stuff, mm-hmm. but there was a point where a player tried to pass it back, and he was one on one. Am I imagining that, or did that happen? And he didn't, did he miss? Or how easy was the chance on television? Yeah, I, I thought he probably should have scored from memory. Um, but I, t- I I don't know. I mean, it's one of those. I'm I'm sick of talking about him. To be honest, <laughs> I just if if he can start scoring. I mean, that that's yeah. the biggest problem is he's not scoring, and you can't really defend him when when he isn't. He, he's it's, he's it's, getting opportunities, I suppose, and we've talked about that. And the fact that he's, he's, just, he's I think he has been. He's playing for the team a bit more recently, and he's, yeah. he's doing more of the right thing. So as long as he keeps doing that, I'm not going to criticize him. But. It's, it's a t- just a worry that he, he just doesn't look like scoring a lot of the time. Yeah, it's a typical polarizing player, isn't it? That if he has like a half decent game, the the fan club, who've been quiet recently because they've had no reason to shout about him, just just latch on to any fifteen minutes and yeah, he came on and did did, did all right again. Like he did his job. He didn't. I mean, it, we've even given him the credit, given him the kind of the allowance that when he comes on and he knows he needs to kind of make an impact he knows he, he, he probably has to do something special to, to keep his place in the team but I think we've already said that if he's not worked out that that's not how Rafa thinks by now then what, what, what hopes he got Rafa wants him to go on and do exactly what he's been told even if it's just 50 minutes of of it could be just marking a defender it could be anything that Rafa's told him specifically to do if he doesn't follow those instructions he'll be back on the bench next week so, no he's on the bench this week <laughs> well, exactly. um, I think he'll play against Barnsley I think St James's would erupt more so. Yeah. I think I just think he doesn't suit the the, the slow build of play that we we've been um playing the season with, with the likes of Shelby who are very patient on the ball and obviously and that's the way Rafael appears to want to play. He's quite happy to to have that slow build up. I feel like Mitrovic needs more direct service and quicker quicker services. The the runs he makes here obviously trying to get in for his time. He's not the type of player that'll He'll dummy a feint and then look for a second or third sort of type of opportunity. He's always looking to get straight in. I just think it might just be one of those. He just doesn't fit in the the way we play as a team. And I I just feel like he needs more direct service, which he's probably not going to get. So So his, I mean, the biggest thing he needs to do is just he's got to be patient and he's got. My issue with that Ben though is that if I think of his performances in the games he has played this season. Mm I can just see him missing loads and loads of chances. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like it's service. If you have, and you're right, obviously you're right. You are right to an extent um, in terms of his overall play and how and how and why it hasn't been the team at all. Mm-hmm. But I think of um, off the top of my head, Bristol, sitter missed, mm-hmm. Derby, absolute sitter missed, Cardiff, sitter missed, Oxford, twenty sitters missed. So it like <laughs> on a pen. I'm exaggerating. When, when when he's you what you're saying, I know what you're saying. When he's had those opportunities, yeah, he's not taking, he's not taking them. them. And that's 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 his that's his biggest problem is that he doesn't he doesn't score enough goals. I mean, what was his record in the Premier League last year? Was it one and three? Was it one and four? Yeah, he, he made twenty nine starts and seven goals, goals, nine goals, nine, nine goals. Um, so it's it's one in, it's about one. Which and is four, good, which, which is good which, by the way. Scored twenty five if you include all of Serbia's goals. For the last <laughs> I wouldn't say it's good, but at the same time, you've got to remember the team he's playing. Yeah, yeah. So it was a decent and his, team. And his age, and his... But again, you then include this season and it gets yeah. worse. And, this and you include the red cards from last season and yeah. then it doesn't look as... And this, this is, a, this is a, a lower division, so we should... I mean, this was the one everyone was hoping he would yeah. come down, start, like he'd get 20 goals a season and it, it set him up for next year. Um, he's not done that, so he's, he's got to look at himself. And I mean, to be honest, I, I think he just needs to work on his finishing big yeah. more than anything this summer. <laughs> Just, just, just go and stand in front of a goal and just kick the ball in the back of the net. Twenty times, mate. Something like that. Something. Why has no one told him that before? Eh? Who knows? He's, he's only twenty-two, and people always say. It. He's like, twenty-three yeah, now, but well, right, I'm yeah. only twenty-two, actually. Yeah. I think he is only twenty-two still. Um, and people keep saying that and say, "Yeah, fair enough. He's not supposed to be the finished article, but he behaves like he is the finished article. Doesn't look like a player who's trying to improve his game. He just, and it doesn't strike me as someone who's going to learn to play better. So this." It just feels like this is what we've got, and if, if it's not what we need right now, then there's not really much point. In <laughs> to add some balance to it, I thought Murphy was poor again. He's not. He, he can't. I, I've said this all the time. I don't think he's anywhere near as effective starting. Yeah. He can't start him. 
Yeah. He's a player that needs to come on for the last 20, 25 Like he did at Brighton when he was exceptional. Exactly. He changed he's, the game when he came on at Brighton. He's had, he's had loads of games, well, not loads, but he's had a few games this season where he's, he's come on for the last 20, and we've given him a lot of credit for that. And that he's, when he's just come on, he knows what he's got to do. He holds up the ball well. He's he's not a very complicated player. He, do, he, he wants to get the ball into the feet or on the chest. He'll bring it down, he'll win the odd knock on, and then it, it, he, he obviously he's, he's, he's there to um, sort of. <laughs> He's a 33-year-old bloke at the end of the day. He's not going to be sprinting around the pitch, covering a lot of ground. So you you, you know what you're getting with him and it's just sort of playing to his strengths, really. Um, when you're asking him to run around for 60, 70 minutes, like you're not, you're just not going to get the same level of, imp- of, of impact. Um, so I just think it's a bit silly really playing him. When you know what type of player he is, it's a bit of a waste making him start. But obviously they're probably just trying to give him as much of an opportunity in, in there to, to sort of prove himself for next season. But I think if he does stay, um, he, he, he'll only be an, an impact substitute and that's all we should be using him as. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Sai, we're going to come to the end of the show. Will we win the league? And does it matter to you now? I know we've all said it doesn't matter in the past, but why? I think it depends who Rafa brings in over the summer. Yeah. I'll back, back them to win the Premier thanks, thanks for that, Sai. <laughs> Uh, it's it's nice that we've still got it to play for and it'll be an absolute buzz if we somehow win the league next Sunday, but... I'm not asked. I think if Villa and I didn't know what had gone on at Villa this week, but if they're going on like that, there's no way they're going to beat or take points at Brighton. Yeah, but then it's that's, probably that's it's probably fans, though, yeah, it's probably less Bruce, realistic Bruce that Bristol gonna, would win at Brighton, wasn't it? Like you said that Bristol have won four out of five now. They're in great form. Villa not so much. Sorry, excuse me. Aston Villa are the world's greatest football club. <laughs> They've got the best ever closed stand, uh, best closed stand in Europe. Um, they sell out every single away game apart from Newcastle every single time they come here but every other away game they always sell out um, so yeah Aston Villa uh, what, a, what a club I don't care um, how Villa do I know that sounds silly I've had a few people tweet me already but, saying w- winning this league wins means far more to Brighton than it does to us yeah. because we've got such hopefully such wood, a big future ahead of us that no one will remember if we came up in first or second people will remember what yeah. happens next so, but for Brighton They'll spend a couple of years in the Premier League, then they'll look back and think that was a great season when we won the league. So, yeah, that's what that's what they, you know, I, I can see that motivating them enough to get to get the win they need against Villa. So, all we can do is enjoy Barnsley. Yeah, like I, 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 I just want to see Newcastle win. Yeah. If that, if we, if we managed to win the league on the back of that, and Aston Villa managed to scrape in the top half, good luck to them. Um, <laughs> they can play Sunderland next season in the NBC Derby, and be proud of that. Uh, I just want Newcastle to win. We are we are lifting the trophy regardless. Well, that lovely second place trophy, <laughs> yeah. um, which which Middlesbrough enjoyed so much last year. Um, but it's 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 nice that it's still ongoing. It's one one in the eye a little bit for the Brighton or Miles Brighton or Miles had in Newcastle. Well, they're not. I think Newcastle were a better team personally. And Brighton haven't had to put up with, um, you know, the top scorer being out for practically half a season like we have had with Gale plus the shit refs etc. But Good luck to them. I think also this is a little bit, a little bit sign of the times with Chris Hooten. Sorry to say, I've got tremendous respect for him. He did a great job for Newcastle, but it was levelled at Chris Hooten when he was Newcastle and Norwich manager that when the players could self-motivate, he was very good. Mm-hmm. He struggled to get Newcastle up in the Premier League for your Stoke at home, your Blackpool at home, your Wigan at home, yeah. your other shit Blackburn at home. When we lost all those games, I think we drew with Wigan, um, and we were, we're very, very good. With the yeah. uh, oh, Arsenal, yeah. um, Mike yeah, Oliver. Oh, Tottenham, yeah, yeah. even better. Um, yeah. Mickey Oliver, Newcastle fan. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, Don't get this on the podcast, dear. Losing, yeah. losing, losing the train of thought because I'm watching the footy. <laughs> Just talking about the winning the championship. Are you bothered? Brighton, no Brighton, Hooten. That's. I think it's kind of. If you compare our performance at Cardiff and compare their last two performances, it shows you that Rafa's very much got a, a good handle on the players and yeah. the fact that he rotated quite a lot and mm. you know compared to Brighton shows you that um, he knew what was required. Maybe taking Shelby out because perhaps Shelby wasn't just naturally going to be as up for it as maybe yeah. Callback would have been yeah. is, is a good sign. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things. I mean, we've obviously criticised Benitez once or twice for the, that rotation. At the same time, we're giving him a lot of credit for at the start of the season. I think it just shows he's he's got a better appreciation of what he's, the strengths of his squad are, and he knows when. He, I think he's a better judge of when to do it. I mean, Hooten obviously he's, he's had a lot of credit and, and it's deserved, but that they've pretty much stuck with the same eleven for most of the season, um, 
and it's it's he's not really had to do too much in terms of he's had Glenn Murray available to him for most of the season knockout knock um, and it's pretty much them two players have been doing a lot they've had the back four have been pretty solid um, uh, Duffy and Dunk. Dunk since they since they bought Bruno. Duffy at the start of the season Bruno Bruno's played every single game uh, Stockdale and Goal like they've, they've just had a very set team that have played every week and obviously I suppose it's just that that fatigue I think and the fact that obviously they've had the highs the emotional highs of of thinking they'd won the league and getting promoted and all the rest of that it's, it's obviously a bit of a come down and then have to go and play the likes of Bristol City who are scrapping for, for for every point they can get and it's maybe just I think they've they've probably peaked to, to the, the the now they're up. It's like that emotional high that you've that's as good as it's gonna get for them and it's maybe just that drop off is, is, is gonna cost them. Um they've they've been very fortunate as well. I think a lot of the games have won and, and, and got points in this season they've they've, they've sort of really um sort of got away with, with quite a, a um quite a bit from from all the games I've seen on on uh, TV this year they've they've ridden the luck a bit and maybe it's just a bit of <laughs> sort of they're not getting that rub of the green but it it doesn't really matter it does it who who wins I mean we're up who cares as as yeah. you said let's just no, have no a no one's gonna no one's gonna remember if we've won it in in five years time like people forget we won it last time let's, nobody talks about yeah. that at silverware do they let's have a belt and day uh, we've got some special stuff planned we've got a good flags. We'll be calling for everyone to get to the ground, you know, 15, 20 minutes early again for some some big displays um, and, you know, fo- football's over for the summer. We're, you'll not get rid of us that easily. You've got like seven pre-post-season shows lined up, ranging from talking through the squad, who needs to stay, who needs to go, best away days, that kind of stuff. Um, we'll be analysing at least two of the ridiculous events that will take place over the summer at Newcastle United. Yeah. <laughs> Something will happen. When, um, we'll be there. When Benitez is told that Tim Sherwood <laughs> has to has to come in as number two or some shite like that, Tim Sherwood sucking up last year down telly. Um, aye, big time. Um, oh, he is. Oh, um, right. We we'll get on watching this match. Um, thank you to everyone who's listened. Thanks to you two lads for doing it. Um, we'll be back with you probably next Monday after the the Barnsley game. You two lads have booked Monday off work. Such will be the celebrations on Sunday night. Um, I haven't. But uh, I'll. <laughs> you haven't. I'll be struggling in. All right. I swear on the WhatsApp group yesterday, you went fuck it, let's book it off. But uh, <laughs> gone back. Just, it was more. Old. That was the drink talking. The yeah, karaoke was, was still going at that yeah, point. Exactly. I was still marching five hundred miles. <laughs> last day, <I> think. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy-five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.